From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. We are back in the friendly confines of the podcasting studio. In fact, we are doing this show a little early because if all went well, Kurt, and that plane lifted off as it should on its way to D.C., um, as we are uh, running this podcast, I'm running around Washington, D.C., thanks to our uh, good friend, Congressman Mark Alford. Very nice, very nice. Got me the uh, congressional tour of the White House and the Capitol. I'm sure Joey B is going to have us up to the residence for some, what, chocolate chip ice cream? Chocolate chip, yeah, chocolate, chocolate chip. Definitely chocolate chip. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, some of the stuff in this podcast may well have already been resolved by the time you hear it, uh, but we've got a lot of hot takes on a lot of things that we're going to talk about today. The podcast is, of course, brought to you in part by Bob Watson, local Blue Springs State Farm agent for five decades. Uh, Bobby will take care of you. Seventh and Main in Blue Springs, just a fantastic guy. And, of course, State Farm with surprisingly great rates if it's time to compare. In fact, you should compare. Uh, compare your auto, home, life insurance rates, commercial insurance. He'll take care of that boat that you're going to put in the water over Memorial Day weekend. He's licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. 816-229-7878. Bob Watson in Blue Springs. And I'm going to move up uh, talking about uh, Royal Roofing and Solar here. A little out of uh, order here because our good friend Austin Watterson, that's his company, um, he had open heart surgery. And the latest that I've gotten from Buffy, and there's a picture of Buffy if you're following this on YouTube, and what's the other, Rumble? That's Rumble, the video. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's Buffy and uh, Austin there together in a happier time. Uh, Austin had to have uh, open-heart surgery, and uh, Buffy was giving us updates throughout that process. And uh, the very latest as of now at recording time is he's coming out of ICU, and they're going to get him up and walking around. He's a young guy. I think he just turned 40. Yeah. Um, uh, to go through that. My stepfather went through it, and he was in his um, 70s, like mid-70s when he went through it. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy, but it is. it has become more routine. Uh, so what you can do is, if you need a roofing quote, you can call the folks at Royal Roofing and Solar. Uh, Austin would love to have a lot of business when he comes back to work. He's got a great team servicing the entire Kansas City metro area at 816-540-7057. 816-540-7057. Uh, you can get tax credits, grants for small rural business and ag producers as well. And again, they're into the solar thing now, uh, letting you buy your utilities rather than lease them from the utility company. It gives you a lot of freedom. They are going to do a brand new roof on my house. We finally got that deal done. And um, the next couple of weeks, they think they're going to get it done. Uh, so we'll get you some before and after pictures. Yeah, great. You'll see the um, the old roof is that shake shingle roof, again, which my HOA mandated the last time I replaced the roof. And this time, uh, we're going to do it the right way. So Austin and his crew are going to take care of that. So there you go. Let's uh, moving right into the uh, the heart of the matter here today, and that is the race for the White House. Let me say this before we get into all of this. Right now, probably the three most serious people on the Republican side are Donald Trump, the former president, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and Tim Scott, who's an outstanding senator out of South Carolina. Would you agree on the Republican side? They're the three. Yeah, and then I everybody mean, I think else it's is below that. More so. You think it's Trump probably two? Yeah, it's probably two. But yeah. I, I really like Tim Scott, and and I'm getting a lot of feedback from people who love Tim Scott. Um, let me just say that any of those people would be a vast improvement over what we have right now. One hundred percent. 
and the primary season is going to take hold, and we're going to ferret this whole thing out one way uh, or another. Uh, Ron DeSantis, last night as we record this, uh, made his big announcement on Twitter, right? Yeah, so he released a video, which is about a minute long, which I'm going to play now, and then uh, he went on Twitter, uh, Twitter Space, which we will talk about here in a sec. Here's the video. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet, and the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable, and freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. I mean, that, what's wrong with that, <laughs> with any of that? No, it's, it's good. It's good. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an announcement video, you know? Right. The, the production is nice on it. And I understand. Now, I didn't see what he did on Twitter last night. Are we gonna, do we have any of that? Yeah, so I, just as a little kind of backstory to this, because there was a lot of uh, hubbub about it, I was trying to listen to it on the way home. They had some from, technical from issues. Work. Yeah, right. and so basically... Elon Musk hosted a Twitter space, which if you're not familiar with what that is, it's basically like a, a group chat on Twitter. So within the Twitter platform, they have this feature called Spaces where somebody's the host and then they can bring in guest speakers and then as many people as want to can join in the space and listen to the space. And then they can pull people up and ask questions or whatever. Kind of like a town hall group chat type of feature. And so... They were scheduled to do this at 5 o'clock uh, Central yesterday with Elon and, and Ron DeSantis. Well, like 500,000 people joined within the first 10, 15 minutes, yep. and it went up from there. I think it went, it got up to like 700,000. I heard he point. raised a million dollars in the first hour. Maybe. I don't know about that. But um, So basically what happened is it crashed Twitter. It, I was on my phone uh on the way home, you know, listening to it, trying to listen to it, and I kept getting kicked out of Twitter. Like yeah. the app was crashing, the the space wasn't working, so it was kind of a disaster in that sense. They finally got it working. Uh, I think he had to go. Elon had to come on through somebody else's account, and then they <laughs> they got a. They ended up with a very a yeah. much smaller number. It was like two hundred thousand or something. How much did Elon pay for this thing? Like forty billion dollars. A lot of money. Yeah, and you know, I mean. I can kind of see it both ways. It is it is an embarrassment. I think objectively, I mean, if you're if you're Ron DeSantis, it's not a good look to have your announcement bungled like that. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, it is a it is still I think a win for Twitter just because it shows that that many people are interested in you know this alternate platform mm -hmm. that's not you know the mainstream media. You can go directly to the people, but they definitely have to sort yeah. out the issues but well what i got out of the the announcement video before you go any further than this is ron DeSantis on a stage analyzing the problem and giving solutions for it right 
Yeah. There wasn't any, you know, whining about this or whining about that or language you didn't understand or know where it was coming from. It was pretty cut and dry from a guy who's a lawyer, served in the Navy, in the JAG Corps. Um, pretty, pretty cut and dry. Here's the problem. Our president's the problem. And the solution is we got to go the other way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. And some of the things he was talking about, you know, uh, that I've heard secondhand were, you know, building the wall, mm-hmm. remain in Mexico being a policy again, um, you know, and turning the ship around, which it, it's so easy, Kurt, because you know, we're going to get into the insanity on the other side here coming up in just a bit. But this is so easy. It's pushing the easy button, you know, on day one. Uh, I can think of like 15 executive orders he could sign that would start turning the ship immediately. Yeah, probably. And whoever wins will do that. Donald Trump will do that. DeSantis will do that. Tim Scott will do that. We have to do that. Because, you know, the last election was a joke, and we're living with a joke, although it's not funny, and we're almost three years into it. It's it's terrifying. So where do you want to go here? Well, so this was uh, just to complete this thread here so this was when they actually figured out the twitter thing he went on and then he kind of gave a speech on uh twitter and i i listened to to most of that here's a snippet well i am running for president of the united states to lead our great american comeback look we know our country's going in the wrong direction we see it with our eyes and we feel it in our bones our southern borders collapse drugs are pouring into the country our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle-class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice. And we should choose a new direction, a path that will lead to American revitalization. We must restore sanity to our nation. This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing hardworking Americans out of a good standard of living through inflationary borrow print and spending policies. And please embrace American energy independence. This also means replacing the woke mind virus with reality, facts and enduring principles. Merit must trump identity politics. So that goes on for a while. I mean, yeah. it was a whole like hour right. and a half long. Well, thing, you but. know, what they're already hitting him with is is that he's he's a, a book burner, book banner, which is not true. He just didn't want seven-year-olds learning yeah. about sex, which I think we all support. Um, the, the don't say gay bill, which does not say the word gay in it anywhere. Right. You know, they're going to hit him from every side. And to your point you made a while back, no matter who the Republican nominee is, the left is, is going to hit them as hard as they yeah. possibly can. And, and we're used to that. So uh, put on your big boy pants, get in the arena, know that you're dealing with, with a playground bully in Donald Trump. I mean, there's I, no other way to say that. He's a playground bully. I definitely think it's going to be interesting because, you know, DeSantis – is going to be getting attacks from both sides. He is. He already is. He's going to be getting attacks from the left, obviously, over his uh, Trump spent how many millions of dollars running ads already because he sees DeSantis as his biggest threat? Well, he is his biggest threat. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean... And that is fair. Run spots all you want, but, you know, go ahead and skip to to Trump. We'll, We'll put Tim Scott next on this because Donald Trump, while this all is going on, he puts out this thing on Truth Social... And this is pure Donald Trump. So you have to do it in your Donald Trump voice. Okay, so this is a Truth Social post from uh, Mr. Trump. Rob, my red button is bigger, better, 
stronger and is working. Truth, yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. Hmm. So I, I said on here, I teased on here, I was going to give my advice on how Donald Trump could actually win. Because what he's done so far will not change one mind Michael who voted Trump against him. Sorry. I was going to play that after. Go ahead. What are you playing after? Oh, there's a, just a, another video that he posted. Okay. Well, hold on to that for a second. Yep. I mean, what he has done so far in this run for 2024, I don't think changes one mind who voted against him last time. I mean, I'm pissed at him, and I voted for him. I voted for him twice. I want Donald Trump to stop whining about himself and start thinking about the American people. Because when you are running for president of the United States, this country has too many fucking problems for him to whine about who doesn't like him, who does, who's been a nasty woman to him. I don't care. And I don't think America cares. America cares. Know, well, I don't give a fuck. America cares about paying too much for groceries, too much for gas, illegals flooding across the border, China, Russia. That's what America cares about. Well, America he, doesn't want to hear the Donald Trump pity party tour. Well, he, he and is. that's what it is. It's every time, every time he goes out there, he talks about how he's being treated. It's all about him. That's, he, that's not true, though. I mean, it he, is he, all about him. He is he is talking about those other things a lot uh, on Truth and you know every interview that he's done Fine. he's asked about those. Shut things. the fuck up about everything else. Shut the fuck up, Mr. <laughs> Trump, and talk that's about gonna, that's what's not important. Happen. Well, I don't. Well, then he's not going to be president. I don't know about that, man. I, I don't know. I mean, tell me, okay, but, but you're you're again. We talk about this all, a lot, Kurt. Give me his path to victory. Well, the 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 thing, if I may, just push back a little bit here. I mean, I think the the mistake that you're making is you're you're choosing what to focus on you know uh does he make statements about himself and about you know his competitors and things like that yeah it's does. his favorite subject but he's 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 talking about like he's he's the reason that we're really talking about all these things because he started he you know created this modern conservative movement that DeSantis is a product of that this podcast is a product of uh and many other things you know and he is talking about the issues a lot He's been going on. Uh, he's been giving interviews. He's been, you know. Uh, well, I'm going to push out, back on out, you. He's been putting yeah. out policy videos right. that are very good. I mean, he's, I'm going to push back on you because he is. He's not the reason for this podcast. Okay, I've been a conservative a lot longer than Donald Trump's that's, been around. That's not. I, I don't mean that we're doing this podcast because of Trump. I just mean that maybe I phrased that incorrectly, and I apologize. I I, I mean that like he is. He is the catalyst for the modern conservative movement as it is today. And certainly there would be no DeSantis w without him. I mean, and and I think that's inarguable. Uh, and again, he's been very substantive most of the time. Like he's been putting out policy videos. He's been criticizing Biden on the issues. He's been talking about the issues. He's been giving interviews. And so like to focus on the 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 clown show, if you want to Which call it Which he that, did last night. The clown show was last night. Yeah, but it's also like... It, I mean, it, it's also funny, man. Like, it, it's it's not really... funny. There's nothing funny about this, Kurt. America is in a deep hole. We've got to get out of this hole. And sitting around and joking about it and jacking each other off is not going to fix this country. He's not going to fix. And and you to talk about I'm focusing on this. Okay, 
the media is going to focus on this. Yeah, of course And Donald Trump is his That's worst. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, well, you can't do anything about that. The First Amendment, the media is going to do what they're going to do. It's like when he went on CNN, you know, and, and they, they ask him all these questions about the past. We need to focus on the future. Instead of saying to the CNN person, that's in the past. Let's move forward. Here's what I'm focusing on. He spent a lot of time talking about all of his, you know, all of the people who've been mean to him, all the people who've been nasty to him, how, you know, he really won the election. Screw that. It's time to move forward. He's not doing it. And when he doesn't do it, when he gives them red meat to deal with, that's what they're going to put on television. And that's why he won't get those suburban women to vote for him who voted against him last time. I mean, time. If, he's, if he's asked about something, though... He should he... say that's the past and move forward. Not because they're baiting him, Kurt. They're hanging, right, they're, they're hanging a piece of bait out there for him, and he's gobbling it up every time. But it's like, it, I mean, no matter what he says, it's not going to... It's not going to satisfy the media. It's like the question in the I disagree. In the town. If 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 no. all he's doing is focusing on policy, that's no. all they have. No, no way, man. No way. That's just that's just a fairy tale. And I mean that whatever he does, they're gonna they're gonna claim you know he's a racist Nazi. They're gonna they're gonna keep bringing up 2020 whether he talks about it or not. They're gonna keep bringing up January 6th whether he talks about it or okay, not. Well, okay. Well, like let said, me give you, let me give you an alternate scenario. What if he's on that show and they bring it up and he says, next question? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it is. Tell I, me what they run with then. Next question. Well, they're going to be, well, I mean, they'll run with something. They'll say he, he refused to, you know, answer the question or whatever. But the, the other side of it, too, is that these are important issues. I mean, the, the January 6th thing in particular is a very important issue. We have a two-tier justice system in this country. We have people that are being put in solitary confinement, awaiting trial for like a year and a half, and now are facing 40 years in jail for simply walking into the Capitol, not breaking anything, not hurting anybody. And he's asked about that, and it warrants an answer. Because these people are being are being you know unfairly persecuted based on their political beliefs. And if he could and actually that's, that's win the fucking answer. election, he could go in there and pardon them on day one and be and put this completely behind us if he wins. And because he's not running for re-election because he's already had one term. This right, would be his second term. But if he's asked about it, if he's asked about it. And if I was, if I were asked about it, for example, you're I mean, weaving off the road here. I'm telling you that the guy is the most narcissistic person who's ever been president of the United States, and that is that's something because there've been a lot of narcissists in that White House. He is the most narcissistic person who's ever done it, and the 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 list of grievances against Donald Trump. He needs to stop that. I'm telling you, if he stops that and he focuses like DeSantis is, he's probably going to win the nomination and win the election. If he doesn't, he shoots himself in the foot. And where will this country be? I mean, I think he's likely to win the nomination for sure. Uh, I don't think that's a this, sure bet. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll see. I mean, been yeah. a lot of front. Hey, you he know, you don't know a lot battle. about history of this country. I do, pal. And there have been a lot of front runners who've had big leads this early in the process, only to lose. Sure, Bernie but, Sanders. I mean, yeah, that I, I, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I think that uh, Trump is is sort of still a singular figure in the in the movement uh and DeSantis you know has has a shot I mean I'm not saying he doesn't have a shot he definitely has a shot but it's an uphill battle for him I think for sure and you know um and I I like DeSantis I, I have nothing 
I've against got, him. And, and I'm telling you that any of these people who win the, you know, if they win the election, the country is going to be better off. And I conclude Donald Trump in that. I just want him to act like a grown up for once in his life. And but he, he doesn't show the capacity to do that. He does, though. And you just don't want to, you're, you're not, you're focusing on this. I'm other focusing thing on what he does, Kurt. My God. You know, DeSantis you, is out there and he's have like, you, Rob. Have, have you watched, have you watched his policy videos? Have you watched his interviews? Have you watched what he's I know, been saying? About I know where Donald on? Trump stands on the issues okay that's why i voted for him twice despite the clown show i know where he stands on the issues that's not the point the point is what the clown show is what gets all the coverage and he contributes to it he's the reason because he does it you can't you can't say he doesn't do it you say i'm focusing on it america's focusing on it because it's front and center I mean that's not really true though. The media is focusing on it, but the base the the reason that the the base All right, let's move know. on. I'm getting pissed about this whole thing and yeah, you know clearly. we are where we are. Okay, so what is he, what else you want to play here? Uh, I was just going to play this video <laughs> that Trump posted to Truth Social last night. Hi, uh, everyone. we don't have to play Welcome the whole to our thing. Ron DeSantis Twitter space. Hello? Is my microphone working correctly? George, he has just, a uh, Wait, while we Hello? Somebody made me? a fake we can all hear you, Twitter George. space you with Elon and Wait a minute, DeSantis. you're talking while this is running. I can't understand either one of you. What? Stop. Stop that. Okay, what are we doing here? So uh, somebody put together a like a fake Twitter space thing with Elon, Ron DeSantis, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Adolf Hitler, and the devil and the FBI. And uh, he reposted it. That's, that's what uh, this is. I don't think George knows how to use Twitter. Hello, uh, can you hear me now? Can I please make my big announcement now? Everyone just... Hello! Just shut up, George. Can somebody just mute George? <coughs> Dick, could you try not to cough on the... <coughs> okay, so how are we going to take out Trump, you guys? Uh, uh, guys from the FBI, this is not a private call. This is a public Twitter space. Everyone can listen in. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's helpful, Kurt. Oh, come on. I really, I have no sense of humor about this because well, the country maybe you is should. in. Well, maybe you should have a sense of humor. Okay, well, it. let's laugh it all off. You know, the insanity on the left. And it's like, you want to sign up for four more years of it. No. Let's move on. Tim Scott. I love this guy because he is Mr. Positive. And um, I love the fact that he wants to torch the liberal lie. And that's what he was talking about in his announcement. Here's a couple clips. Joe Biden and the radical left are attacking every single rung of the ladder that helped me climb. And that's why I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States of America. <laughs> the guy can give a speech. Of America. And he was really hoarse too. Uh, so then the apparently the microphone went out like right after that, which is kind of a bummer. But then it came back on. Oh, and they tried like fifteen microphones. Yeah. I watched this live. So then it came back on, and he's going to continue. We also don't. This is like three minutes. We just play a minute, yeah. a second of it. There you go. <laughs> All right. We live in the land of opportunity. We live in the land where it is absolutely possible for a kid raised in poverty, in a single-parent household, in a small apartment, to one day 
serve in the people's house. And maybe even the White House. <laughs> this, this is the greatest nation on God's green earth. Today I'm thinking back to my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, in the Deep South. By the time he was in the third grade, he was forced out of school, his education was over, and he was forced to start picking cotton. But my grandfather lived long enough to watch his grandson pick out a seat in Congress. Keep going. Yeah, I think that's enough. I mean, but you know, just the positivity that comes through him, and I'll tell you, whoever gets the nomination, and it's probably not going to be Tim Scott, even though I love the guy. If it's Donald Trump, he'd be silly not to pick him as as his running mate. Um, and same thing for Ron DeSantis. And if it's Trump, and Trump wins the election like you think he can, um, I'm going to vote for him if he's the nominee. Make no mistake. I just wish that Donald Trump would take the. Um, guidance that many radio station consultants have given over the years, okay? What they tell jocks on the air, Kurt, mm -hmm. it's, it's a simple thing. If it's all about me, set it free. If it's all about me, set it free. In other words, stop talking about yourself and talk about what's going on in the country and, and the problems out there and exclusively talk about the problems in the country and what's going on out there and the solutions to it. Exclusively. Cut all the other stuff out, and I think he's going to be better off. But, you know, think about this. If Donald Trump's president and Tim Scott is the vice president, who has the path to the White House in 2028? It would be Tim Scott, yeah. which, which I'd be fine with. Ron DeSantis, you know, again, I think Tim Scott would be a, a great running mate. Uh, as we move forward, though, into presidential politics, let's look at the other side because you've got Joe Biden. There's not going to be any serious challenge to Joe Biden. But I'm going to tell you, if we know where Hillary Clinton stands and we don't agree with her at all, right? <laughs> but what if Hillary Clinton is your friend and your ally, right? That's where you need to sleep with one eye open. <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hillary Clinton on Joe Biden. That heart stopping moment where he almost fell over coming downstairs a day or two ago, he didn't use the railings. Jill wasn't there with him. Can you hear that? Every time that happens. I can't hear it. Is in your mouth these things could be consequential. Is that a concern? Well, I mean, it's a concern for anyone. Um, and we've had presidents who've fallen before who were a lot younger, um, and people didn't go into, you know, heart palpitations. Um, but he, his age is an issue, and people have every right to consider it. But you know, he has this great saying, and and you know, I think he's right. You know, he, you know, don't judge him by running against the almighty, but against the alternative. And I am, you know, of the camp that uh, I think, you know, he's determined to run. He has a good record that three years ago, people would not have predicted would have gotten done. Uh, he doesn't get the credit yet that he deserves for what is happening out in the country in terms of, you know, jobs and growth and, and planning for the future with chips and other stuff. So I obviously hope he stays, you know, very, you know, focused and able to uh, compete in the election because I think he, I think. He yeah. Gosh, I hope he can compete. 
in the election. Yeah, that was a little quiet, but I'll, I'll boost it in post. Yeah. So, I mean, would you really want Hillary on your side there? I Can mean, I just say something about that, too? And yeah. I, I don't want to rehash the whole Trump thing too much, but, like, you're talking about narcissism and, and self, you know, obsession and things like that, which I don't really agree with personally as, as a, uh, you know, to, to put on Trump so much. But, I mean, if there's somebody that's narcissistic and self-obsessed, it's Hillary Clinton. I mean, just the way that she talks, and it's not just her. It's, it's this entire establishment political structure it's like oh i we have all the answers and like don't you care what i have to say about this you know it's they they have this air to them that's just so off-putting yeah and trump represents the exact opposite of that and that's why people like him he's still a narcissist and he's a he's she's a narcissist too i, I think you've got to have some narcissism in order to run for president right you know, you got to have a little yeah. bit of it. Uh, perhaps the least narcissistic person that ever sat in the Oval Office is Jimmy Carter, and we could argue that he was probably the least <laughs> successful president. So yeah. narcissism and the presidency uh, go hand in hand. One of the things that she said that we didn't get to in the clip was uh, that, you know, the, the other side is that, oh, my God, we can't go back to Trump. I mean, that would be the end of democracy as we know it mm-hmm. uh, in so many ways that I can't even highlight. I'd like her to mention one yeah. because we've talked on this podcast about how democracy's at peril the way Biden's running the country. Yeah. Are well, you to, for- the, to the left, democracy represents the liberal agenda. So if, if somebody pushes back on the liberal agenda, whether it be through democratic means or not it's an attack on our democracy quote unquote and uh if the liberal agenda it succeeds and is pushed through then it's a a success of our democracy but that's not democracy obviously but that's what they mean when they say (laughs) when they say democracy that's what they mean let me give you an example of democracy and perhaps the opposite of democracy the opposite of democracy was roe versus wade on abortion right because that was nine old guys one black and eight white, mm-hmm. who decided that you know there was something in the Constitution that allowed for abortion. That's not democracy. Democracy is what's happening now, that they threw out Roe versus Wade. And now the states are hashing it out. Boy, democracy's ugly. Mm-hmm. Democracy is like sausage being made. But in the end, you get something that's stronger. And, and right now, you've got 50 laboratories out there that are dealing with the abortion question. I just pulled this because South Carolina passed a bill uh, banning women in the state. It's funny how they the, the, the language that they use. Language is so important here. Um, banning women from getting abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. What it should be is you can get an abortion up to six weeks of your pregnancy. Um, And when people push back against that, I want you to ask them this question. Where should the number be? What should the number be? It's also, you know, uh, the, the phrase like banning women from getting abortions after six weeks is also a mischaracterization. What it really is is it's banning doctors from performing abortions after six weeks. The restriction is on the healthcare industry because they're the ones actually doing it. They're the ones actually performing this procedure uh, that is killing, you know, to the tune of 800,000, hundreds of thousands, at least, you know, babies per year. So the restriction, it's not like uh, the mom is just doing it on her own, you know, at home. She's going to an abortion clinic. She's going to a doctor and they're doing it. So that's that's how it should be more accurately phrased. Well, you know, in some states are going 12, 15. I mean, what's the number? Is it nine months? Is it after the baby's born? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the this number? debate uh, with many people, and I 
enjoy having it because there's no concrete answer that can be given. People will say, well, it's not a baby, it's a fetus. So it's like, okay, well, what defines a human life? What, you know, how do you define a human life? When does it become a human life? When is it not a human life? And one of the most common arguments that people on the pro-choice side will make is viability. They'll say, well, as soon as the baby is viable outside of the womb, then it's a, then it's, has rights or something like that, which doesn't make any sense, first of all, just on, on the face. But like, what does viability even mean? Is somebody that's on life support, are they viable? Is the baby one second outside of the womb, you go leave it in the middle of the street on its own, is that viable? Is it going to survive? No, obviously not. So. Well, and you know, they, they clamor for this privacy thing, and it's a woman's choice and all that. Um, what about the baby? And I relate this in terms of um, criminal law. Okay. In criminal law, if there's a murder committed, you know, who is the murder against? Now, you might say the victim, right? Mm -hmm. The victim is dead, so it's against that. But in the court case that's filed, who's the victim? Do you know the answer? Uh, I'm not sure where you're going with this, so go ahead. The people. Mm. It's when, if you are convicted or if you're charged with murder, you're not charged by the person who died or their family. It's the people, the people versus you, right? So the people have a compelling interest here, mm. okay? So I think that's important, yeah. you know? It's, it's the, so somebody's got to stand up for the rights of that baby. Right. And, and so I push back in a couple of ways. One is, you know, where do you set the limit? And then the other is, who stands for the baby? The yeah. people stand for the baby. Yeah, absolutely. I because mean, it, of the rights guaranteed in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Well, yeah, I, I was going to go literally right there because, I mean, in the Declaration of Independence, it says we have, we're endowed by our creator to certain unalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is the first of those uh, for a reason, because if you don't have life, you don't have liberty and you don't have the ability to pursue happiness. So... Uh, again, we need to define what is human life. And then once we're able to define that, we need to protect it. And all of these exemptions and all of these examples or, or viability or whatever that people want to talk about are easily disputable, in my opinion, uh, and based on objective fact. And so I think that we should be erring on the side of protecting life instead of erring on yeah. the side of, of well, uh, eliminating it. The reason I brought all this up is because Hillary Clinton says democracy will die if Donald Trump comes back into the White House. First of all, she can't state any example of what she's talking about there. And second, I just gave you a great example of how democracy is being practiced right now in the 50 states where they're dealing with the abortion question state by state in an ugly, democratic fashion where people are yelling at each other, sausages being made, and at some point there's going to be resolution to all this. But at least it's not nine old guys in the Supreme Court basically going into a smoky room and saying, we're going to twist the Constitution this way. That's not democracy. Yeah, and that's sort of the ironic thing about the whole abortion movement and even like the women's rights movement more broadly speaking, it all came from men. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it continues, you know, yeah. with the transgender movement. Yeah. Men are telling women what a, what a woman is. Yeah. How, how screwed up is that? Yeah, I almost said the F word again, but I've used it so much in yeah, this episode. Like I just, you, you, know. you got real angry there. Well, really. you know, I'm, I'm not having a great day, so I'm sorry to take it out on you or the listeners. Oh, dude, here we I go. can take it. Trust me. Yeah. I enjoy it. You know what's fun? <laughs> Funhouse Pizza is fun. 
Jim Dingman, our, our uh, host for the live event the other night. We had a great crowd, fun time. Uh, those young people really uh, lifted my heart as far as what the future looks like. And, of course, uh, Jeff Coleman, our, our state rep who's running for state senate now, um, had some answers on some things dealing with the state and its tug of war with the city of Kansas City. Um, but Funhouse Pizza is a great place to go. I didn't realize they had rides there until some there were kids there and they were yeah. riding the rides. I'm like, what is? where's that music coming? <laughs> from yeah they were like uh going off in the middle of the the podcast too which yeah it was kind of like yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was kind of fun you know you get a little clip there um with see what happens there when you put me next to some really attractive young people i look <laughs> like an old fat man and here i thought i'd lost quite a bit of late wait yeah so uh jim dingman's funhouse pizza in lee summit on 50 highway where we were the other night and seven highway in blue springs they've got great pizza i mean uh, and and i can't eat that late because acid reflux and all that because I go to bed mm. so early. Mm. But, man, I was looking at, like, like Zarda, you know, our, our good buddy, Mark Zarda, he got a humongous pizza. Yeah. I don't think he ate it all. He said he was taking some home to his wife, Erin. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the pizza piled high with toppings, cold drinks and all that. Um, and he told me he's not selling a lot of Bud Light there, but he's keeping it on tap. He does have it on tap. Yeah, I saw he does. That. Because, well, because he said, you know, I, I, I'm not going to offend anybody. If they want a Bud Light, here it is. Right. I, he- I heard something. Uh, I forget who it was. Somebody was talking about this on uh, wherever the other day. And the whole Bud Light thing, you know, we're probably going to talk about it a little bit later, but it's become like a meme. It's become like a joke. And we were making this joke while we were setting up for the podcast. It's like, you know, your friends come in and you're like, oh yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a yingling and then get a Bud Light for Dale over here. You know, it's like, it's become like a joke. And it's like, that is not a good sign, man. Well, you wanted a yingling and he didn't have that. And uh, he, he poured something else. And I was going to tell you, well, here's a Bud Light. Yeah. But, but I didn't because he didn't. So Funhouse Pizza, a lot of fun there in both locations, Blue Springs and Lee Summit, great pizza and all that. Uh, Dr. Mark Taramino was uh, our guest. Uh, well, he's one of our sponsors, Midwest GI Health in Lee Summit. We talked a lot about colonoscopies and the screening process and why it is so important to those uh, 45 or older men and women. And I asked the audience how many of them were 45 or over. And other than those high school kids, I think everybody in the crowd was at least, other than you, <laughs> was at least 45. Um, and then I asked, who hadn't gotten their colonoscopy yet? And uh, our good friend Mark Zarda, sitting in the front row, raised his hand. And, I and said, others, and others. There were others, too. Yeah. But I picked on him because he's like our number one fan. And and I said, you really need to get this done. And he did. He scheduled it. Uh, and yeah, he's so going he to be— He got cur- it done live he, on well, the show? Well, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> They've scheduled it. And he said he's going to be cursing me, probably you two, all the way uh, until he gets it done. But you need to get this scheduled because this is something that if we catch— we can fix. If it goes too far, you can't fix it. And that's what Dr. Taramina was telling folks at the podcast. Um, Midwest GI Health and Wellness, they can take care of all of it. Even the prep is better than it used to be. Let them talk to you about it, talk you through the process. Uh, they're online at MidwestGIHealth.com, in Lee Summit at 816-836-2200. Good folks there who will take care of you. And you know what? What do you say? About 30% of people have polyps. Yeah, something like that. And they, they get those out of there uh, so they don't become a problem down the road. Uh, and you're not dealing with colon cancer down the road. And how many people have we lost? to colon cancer, who didn't want to go through this. Yeah, too many, too many. Get the screening. And when you get that old, if we're still working together, I'm going to be on your ass too to get over there and get it. Okay, insanity. And insanity is something that, that we've talked about quite a bit. 
our view of the other side. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the um, governor of Arkansas, remember when she gave the uh, rebuttal speech to the uh, State of the Union? And she said it's not really a red-blue thing right now. It's sanity versus insanity. And, you know, stop focusing on the clown show. Stop focusing on anything except what we are going through as Americans and know, as Ron DeSantis said, it was a choice. It was a choice to do all this stuff. It's a choice. Every time Joe Biden tacks away that hurts you, it's a choice. Yeah. We haven't been attacked by another country yet. Um, you know, we're doing this to ourselves. These are self-inflicted wounds. And we talk a lot about his insane energy policy. Okay. We're literally committing energy and economic suicide. There's no other way to put it. He's putting even more regulations on power plants. Have you seen that? Mm -mm. To make it harder to produce power in the ways we know work. I mean, more regulations on coal, more regulations on, um, oil, more regulations, unpacking the EPA's newly proposed power emission rules, the power plants, more regulation. Why are they doing this? Because they're trying to force everyone to wind and solar. We know it won't work. It won't sustain our uh, grid. I mean, it sounds really good. We're saving the planet, solar and wind. Well, wouldn't you agree that our grid's kind of shaky right now? Yeah. Last week, Biden's EPA came out with its answer. This is uh, referring to last year, the Supreme Court struck down a previous attempt by the EPA to limit greenhouse gases. Um, The agency estimates that the rule would reduce GHG emissions, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, Proposed plan requires new and existing power plants to meet new emission standards. Here's what I care about, and maybe what you care about. When you set your thermostat at like 70 or maybe 69, 68 when you go to bed or whatever, you want to know that the grid is going to power your air conditioning, especially in, you know, places that are hot and humid like here. Yeah. You know, you want to know that it's going to be there for you. Um, and we're getting guidance now from the government that says you might not be able to air condition your house mm-hmm. the way that you're used to. And that's with 6% electric cars on the road. And again, committing suicide here. Biden wants 67% of cars to be electric by 2032. That's more stress on a grid that won't support what we need now. Tell me that's not insane. Yeah. Here's another article. Planned EPA rule. Oh, God. We're getting ads. Uh, Planned EPA rules could make 67% of new cars, new, new U.S. cars electric by 2032. Yeah. They're forcing it. I mean, there's democracy for you, Hillary Clinton. They're forcing something that is not a you know market-driven change. They're forcing it top-down from the federal government. There's 25% democracy. 25% of heavy trucks sold in the U.S., meaning uh, tractor trailers. Yeah. How's that going to work? How many? How, what percent are, of those are electric right now? Zero? Yeah. Are there even any out there? I can't wait till winter when they're trying to haul something through the mountains of Colorado in an electric vehicle where it's draining the battery even more. Yeah. It, it just won't, it won't work. And you've got to look at this and go, this is just insane. And it's a choice, a choice that we've made. Ford made a choice. They bowed to pressure from uh, the NAB, among others, to keep AM radio in new cars. They were going to take AM radio out. Ten million listeners a day, Kurt, listen to AM radio. (laughs) Yeah. Where's the democracy there? Um, And Ford bent to the pressure. 
uh, from Congress, and they are going to keep AM radio in new cars. So I'm thinking that if they'll bend to pressure on that, maybe they'll bend to sanity and say, we're still going to make gas-powered cars. Well, based on their new ad, probably not. Have you seen this, the F-150 ad? I can't wait. (laughs) So we got a muddy truck. Now here comes another muddy truck. Oh, boy. They're facing off. What's going to happen? Okay. Oh, they're going to race. We got a race between two trucks. Do we have the disclaimer, do not try this at home at the bottom? I think that's what it says at the bottom, yeah. And they go through some water, washes off the mud. Here goes the other one. And it's gay. (laughs) Is that the electric one? Are they both electric? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Are they going to run that in June for Pride Month? I think they're running it right now. And then at the end, uh, it says something. Redefining tough with a a gay pride flag. So there you go. I'm telling you what. Are we going to make it through any of this? It's I, like the, the list of, <laughs> of companies to boycott is becoming bigger and bigger. Well, I, I bought a Japanese vehicle for the first time in my life, you yeah. know, and, and I love it. And I'm, I guess I'm going to keep it for a while because if Joey gets his way, I mean, there's a way to stop this. You know, we put a Republican back in the White House in 2024, and this goes away, poof, kind of well, like, like a fart. I mean, do you think the companies, you know, pushing the LGBT stuff is going to go away if no, we have a Republican in the I, office? I, I don't. That's another. That's two different issues. Yeah. Um, and, and we can continue to beat the drum on cultural issues. Um, but I'm talking about the – I call it the blocking and tackling issues, okay? Right. I want to be able to drive a vehicle that's going to get me to work. Yeah. There's no infrastructure. For, I mean, we've talked about this and beat this drum. There's no infrastructure for it. Yeah. Um, the grid won't support it, especially the way they're going. I mean, if they really double down and it's like, okay, we're really going to go steroids on coal and, and other fossil fuels, it might support it, uh, yeah. but it doesn't support it now. How is it going to support it with wind and solar and rainbow farts? Yeah. It, it's not. So, yeah, the president can only control so much. I mean, even Executive like, orders. I mean, he's I done know. a lot of this through executive orders. I know, but even even then, it's like you really have to just completely gut these, these uh, departments and agencies because it's at the point where it seems like, to me at least, they're, they're pretty much acting on their own authority. You know, they're not account- accountable to anyone. They're not even really accountable to the president aside from he, he can fire people and yeah. create executive orders, but they're operating on their own. So, right. you know, hypothetically, a Trump or a DeSantis becomes president the EPA is still going to be pushing all this stuff. So well, they're going to have to go in there and fire a bunch of people. That's another problem that we have, and we've talked about that before too. You have three branches of government, and then you've got a fourth, which is basically the agencies under the executive branch. Right. Um, and somebody Congress needs to do something about that. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Congress can pull that back and should. And you know, maybe if we get a Republican Senate working with a Republican House and a Republican president, we can get some of this under control again. I don't know. Uh, I do know this. The NAACP has issued a travel advisory for the state of Florida. It's very dangerous for black people to go to Florida, right? That's what the NAACP wants you to believe. And Rachel Maddow, one of our friends over at MSNBC, she talks about the fact that, my God, They've got people having a Nazi parade in Florida. 
that's dangerous to uh, black people. Is that the... Yeah, go, uh, this is the uh, part of the statement from yeah, go the ahead. NAACP. The formal travel notice states, quote, Florida is openly hostile towards African Americans, people of color, and LGBTQ plus individuals. Before traveling to Florida, please understand that the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African Americans and other communities of color. How? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do they do that? Hillary Clinton, how is Donald Trump going to be a threat to democracy? NAACP, how is Florida um, hurting black people? We want specific answers on this because I can give you specific answers on another place. They should consider a travel advisory for Kansas City because yeah. black people are much more at risk here in Kansas City. Um, we just had a club shooting over the weekend, right? The Climax Club uh, at, I think, 43rd in Indiana. Yep. I mean, you can draw like a, 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 squ a square. It wouldn't be exactly square, but basically I-70 to 435 to Brush Creek over to 71 Highway. That square ought to get a travel advisory from the NAACP because black people are at far more risk within that area. Uh, and but, white people, I mean any people. <laughs> but you, you <laughs> don't got, go there. <laughs> you got crickets from, from the left on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had a teenager killed in Kansas City at East 82nd and Forest. That just happened uh, the other day. 16-year-old Zechariah Washington. Now, is there a GoFundMe page for Zechariah? Hmm. No. There's crickets coming from the other side. Why? Because it wasn't a confused old white guy who wounded him. Right. It was, you know, I'm going to guess, uh, the, I mean, they're investigating it, but just based on everything that's happened in Kansas City, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was probably black-on-black -black violence. That's probably a safe assumption. Well, it's probably racist, too, but it's <laughs> it's also happens to probably be true. What have you got here on this graph? So, uh, just pulled up a quick uh, statistics on violent, or I'm sorry, homicide rates by city. This is data from 2019. Kansas City has gone up. I think last year it was 34 uh, per 100,000. But you can see the top uh, five cities uh, as of 2019 are St. Louis, Baltimore, Detroit, New Orleans, and Kansas City. There's where your travel advisory ought to be, NAACP. Yep. That's what you ought to do. Although, you know, Melissa Robinson, city councilwoman in Kansas City, she's got a solution, Kurt. Are you ready for her solution? What is it? Her solution is to change the name of Troost Avenue, which is right in the middle of that area I just talked about. Um, they want to change the name of Troost Avenue to Truth Avenue. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Now, why? You may ask why. Well, Troost is named after a former Kansas City physician, developer, and slave owner. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that's got to go. And now it's going to be Truth Avenue. We're telling you the truth on this podcast. And like Harry Truman used to say, you know, they'd say, give him hell, Harry. Right? And he'd say, I just tell them the truth and they think it's hell. We're telling you the truth on this podcast, and some of you just think it's hell. And it's also, doesn't it just show, like, where the priorities of our leaders lie? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, people are being killed in nightclubs, and uh, illegal guns are everywhere. And, like, you know, I mean, I live further east. Uh, I can tell you, like, Independence, Raytown, uh, there's a lot of meth. There's a lot of homelessness. But uh, no, we need to rename the street to Truth Avenue. Which will make it sound like we all have a lisp, right? Because you, <laughs> yeah. Truth Avenue. You well, mean like, Truest? <laughs> yeah, and it's like the whole debacle that happened when they when they renamed uh, 
what was it? The uh, Paseo, Paseo to Martin Luther King. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they renamed. Uh, maybe you you can correct me if I'm wrong because it's so confusing. I I can't even remember exactly yeah. what happened. But they they renamed Paseo to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, and then everyone just called it Paseo. There was this big backlash. The people didn't want it, so then they had a resolution on the ballot right. to confirm or yes or no whether people wanted it changed. They voted no, mm-hmm. so they changed it back to Paseo, right. and then they changed uh, Swope Parkway that goes past UMKC. They changed that to Martin Luther King yes. Drive. you're right on the money. Okay. All of that happened. It's yeah. just like, can you not just like leave things? It's just virtue signaling. Well, it's kind of like, like you know, in Jackson County when they were going to take down the statue of Andrew Jackson, right? And they put that on the ballot, <laughs> and yeah. people said, leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. We should be called Truth County. Oh, my gosh. And, and I put this under the insanity thing. And, you know, you want to talk about Florida. I just spent a week there with races of, of every stripe of the rainbow, and everybody got along just fine. And if you look at the last election, Ron DeSantis got a record number of Democrats to vote for him, a record number of Hispanics to vote for a Republican, a record number of blacks in Florida to vote for a Republican. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not quite sure what they're doing. All Here's what I think they're doing. I think they're trying to say – they're trying to tag DeSantis with this so that anytime DeSantis is in the news, it can be, you know, governor of Florida, where the NAACP has a travel ban saying that black people aren't safe there. Yeah. I mean, that's all they'll do. As soon as you have an NAACP statement about you or you have, you know, the SPLC calling you a a Nazi or a hate group or something like that, that's going to be the top article every time said group or said person is mentioned, you know, in every mainstream uh, news outlet. And it's just a smear tactic. Uh, But I think, honestly, it's probably good news for DeSantis because it shows that he's viable. You know, it shows that he's a threat. It shows that he actually has some influence because if he didn't, they wouldn't bother doing that, you know. So I think... Like these, well, they're things, scared of him. Yeah, these things like you know being called yeah. a racist by like prominent people, right. like Al Sharpton. You know, Al Sharpton was at the the uh, funeral of this subway thug that got choked out, and he was talking about how Ron DeSantis is racist and everything like that. He should wear that as a badge of honor because it shows that he's actually you know uh, has a has real influence. He's and, the and biggest threat. A threat. Well, he's the biggest threat to Biden and the biggest threat to Trump, and so he's <laughs> going to get hit from both sides. So again, you know, you were in the Navy, put on your big boy pants because it's coming from both sides. More insanity. The fiscal cliff. Again, this may be resolved by the time uh, this podcast airs, um, but the Republican solution. I, I read this from NPR, by the way. NPR. National Public Radio. Um, So you know it's got a left spin on it, right? So I'm reading this thing, and it's like, okay, they've agreed to raise the debt ceiling by a trillion and a half, right, at a time when we're getting record tax revenue to the federal government. Record tax revenue, okay? And they're going to go up a, a, a trillion and a half. And he wants to do things, claw back a little bit of spending. The COVID money that has not been spent, he wants to take that back. And they don't want him to have it, right? Mm. And uh, the Republican House passing a resolution to overturn the student loan give back program. $20,000 in loan forgiveness to student loan borrowers. Why? Jobs are abundant. Get off your ass and go get a job and pay back your student loan. Okay? We can't afford it because we're printing money. And, and the debt limit just goes higher and higher and higher. Where does it end? They, The Democrats don't want to hear anything that has to do with fiscal responsibility. It's like we're going to spend, spend, spend. Yeah. 
And I think this is kind of part of what you were talking about at the top of the show. Since we are pre-recording this, there may be some more news uh, by the time this comes out. But as of today, uh, like 30 minutes ago, McCarthy set to send the House home without a debt limit deal. So it looks like uh, the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, hasn't reached an agreement. So he's sending members home after votes on Thursday, signaling that debt negotiations with the White House will continue as the risk of a first ever default grows. So they haven't reached a deal still yeah. at this point. And they're so, and he's sending everyone home. So the, the two sides of this, as we talk about insanity here, the Democrats are going to say this is the end of the world as we know it. It's an apocalypse and, you know, your children are going to starve and, you know, everything's going to go to hell. Um, and the Republicans are going to say, look, we, we're the only body that basically voted for an increase to the debt ceiling. We just want a little bit, a minuscule amount of money back to show that we're going to work toward fiscal sanity. Yep. And they got zero Democrat votes. Yep. And debt on arrival in the Senate if it, if, once it gets over there. So that's not going to happen. So I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, some people are saying that this June 1st deadline is a myth, that we can go into August. And again, they're getting record tax revenue, record tax revenue into the government. At some point, you got to live within your means. We all have to do it, right? Yep. States have to do it. States can't do debt. And now they're talking about using the 14th Amendment, some obscure clause in there. This is how we got Roe versus Wade, by the way, an obscure clause in the contract or the uh, Constitution. So now, you know, they're saying they can pull something out of the 14th Amendment um, that basically uh, had to do with the, the days after the Civil War. And we can extrapolate, you know, language out of that so that we can raise the debt ceiling without Congress. Well, on top of all this, too, uh, this is sort of related to the spending issue. Uh, we've been talking about reparations like in California and yeah. stuff. Uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush, no, our favorite her. from uh, from St. Louis, our neighbor to the east, has introduced a federal spending bill for $14 trillion in reparations. Here's her talking about it. United States has a moral and legal obligation to provide reparations for the enslavement of Africans. Black people in our country cannot wait any longer for our government to begin a, a addressing each and every one of the extraordinary bits of harm, all of the harm it has caused since the founding. Fourteen trillion with a T. Well, you know what I would do, Kurt? I'd buy stock and toner. Because I think, you know, <laughs> we're going to need a lot of toner to print all of that uh, money that won't mean anything. That's I just thought crazy. you were talking about something else. Never yeah, well, mind. <laughs> no, no, no. Toner for the... No, don't you take me down that road. I'm talking about creating those bills that we're going to have to... to I thought you were trying to get that reparation money there, Dale. Uh, no. So, you know, <laughs> we're... <laughs> we put that under the insanity uh, uh, umbrella because that's just totally insane. Okay, uh, moving on to something else. Target. Do you have the video that somebody sent me? I have a video. That's uh, that's the video. Okay, cool. You want to watch it right now? Yeah, this is Target. We're at Target right now, and there's a lot of controversy going on about all of the pride stuff that's coming out with kids' clothes and things like that. So we're going to go to the kids' section, and we're actually going to see if they're putting weird, creepy, uncomfy stuff on children's clothing. Children's clothing, by the way. Yeah. 
Now this is a, a onesie okay, for a toddler. This is child section. This is literally the kids section. I'm next to a literal onesie that says whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I'm glad you came out and I'm so happy that you're queer in the kids section. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm with her on that, you know, and Target has started to claw back some of its pride merchandise. Something about some satanic worshipers made some pride stuff. Have you heard about that? The, the people that they hired to design some of the clothing are apparently Satanists. Yeah. yeah. I don't care about any of that. If you're an adult and you want to go to Target and you want to buy all this crap, go for it. I mean, but I don't they... want Satanists designing clothes for, for major brands in America. For children's clothing. <laughs> well, again, children's clothing. That's where I draw the line. And toddlers and all this stuff, it's like, my God, keep it away from toddlers. Yeah, and the we kinda I turned the sound off because you started talking, but um she points to uh some other clothes oh, that they have like chest binding uh the tuck clothes. Yeah, they have chest binding uh tops for youth, and then they also have tuck friendly construction on bottoms yeah uh like swim bottoms and things like that which use your imagination you can imagine what that's for uh you have to have something to tuck in order to tuck let's just put it that way what are you saying (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing that on the podcast i guarantee you yeah um okay so you know, you've got Target basically saying, okay, maybe we went too far and all that. And then you've got Bud Light buying back expired Bud Light that's gone unsold in the wake of the Dylan Mulvaney controversy. And and now, you know, companies are saying, we don't want to be the next Bud Light. Here's my thing. At some point at Target and at Anheuser-Busch, they had meetings about this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, some in a, a conference room full of people because one person does not make this decision. There's a lot of people involved in this decision process. Well, somebody I, said that's kind of a good idea. Let's go for it. I don't think it's one person, but I do think that it's relatively few people. Uh, if I had to guess, because but somebody had to sign off on it. I mean, if I have a really great idea for KFKF, trust me, there's like three people ahead of right. me that got to sign yeah, off. Yeah, and it. people have to sign off on it for sure, like the CEO and things like that. Um, but the people that are coming up with the, with these ideas, I think are, are relatively small groups of people. And what it is, you know, we saw with, uh, Bud Light, the marketing lady that came in, that was like this super woke lady that came from whatever various, Mm. uh, you know, virtue signaling woke backgrounds into the marketing positions in these companies. And because they have this advertising budget and they're not on the hook for the bottom line, I think that's the mistake that people make. They think that these companies are doing this to make money. And I don't think that's true. I think that they don't care about the money. They, they care about the agenda and specifically the people that are in charge of making these marketing decisions. They're not faced with the bottom line. They're given a giant advertising budget. Uh, Hey, here's $10 million. How are we going to use it? And they have this agenda. And so they force the agenda into the, the marketing budget and into uh, what the company's doing. And then, yeah, you know, other people have to sign off on it, but the, the primary concern to them is not how much money is this going to make us. The primary concern to them is what is the message and how can we promote this message and attach it to our brand. Mm. That's why all this is happening. Well, I guarantee you at some point the people who own the stock are going to care about it, right? And the, it's, it's Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think what we're starting to see certainly with Bud Light and uh, we're already seeing people talk about not going to Target. You know, I mean, I, I joked about it on the live podcast on Monday, but... I had a serious conversation with my wife about it because she is a, a huge Target shopper. 
and you know I, I'm sending her all these clips and I'm like you know there's like Satanists yeah. designing ch- toddler like gay clothes at Target you know do you want to keep shopping mm. there and I think a lot of people are having those conversations so we as conservatives need to use the power that we have through the culture through our wallets in order to make I these agree. people pay for these decisions and then maybe in the future uh, the decision making process will change where they aren't just thinking about pushing their agenda they're actually thinking about well how are people going to respond mm-hmm. to this and how is it going to affect our bottom line vote with your wallet yeah we say that a lot around here so who are we mad at now we're, we're mad at Hershey's Bud Light um, Target my missing Ford some- Ford. Okay. So I'm just got to keep it all straight. Miller Lite. I mean, really, the problem the problem is it's easier. It's harder to find companies that aren't yeah. doing this. Than, Yingling. They're, they're pretty good, though. I think they've done some stuff in the past, too, but nothing quite as egregious. But, yeah, they have. All right. One more time. Bob Watson, State Farm agent. If you, if you need insurance, he is your guy. So get a quote from Bob Watson at State Farm. A great team of folks right there in Blue Springs who will take your call and deal with the problem as it happens. 816-229-7878 for your auto, your home, your life, commercial insurance, your boat insurance, all kinds of insurance. And if he can't get you insurance, he knows somebody who can. We were talking about pet insurance because, you know, my wife is convinced baby Harry is going to like tear an ACL. If he jumps off the bed one more time, he's going to tear an ACL, and you're going to pay for it. Uh, Bob, Bob, hook me up with somebody for pet insurance. You don't want to know how much that costs. Uh, But Bob will take care of you with all your insurance needs. He's been a Blue Springs State Farm agent for five decades, but he can take care of you on both sides of the state line. 816-229-7878. 816-229-7878. Okay, so one of the most American things for the last... I don't know, 150 years, maybe longer, is baseball, right? Baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Hot dog. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. I think that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, now we can't have hot dogs because the Wienermobile is turned into the Frankmobile, so that's that's woke. I guess we're mad at Oscar <laughs> Mayer, too. Um, and Chevrolet, they're, they're going to go all electric, so we don't like them anymore. Um, baseball, apple pie, is that still okay? for now yeah okay um and then there's baseball the los angeles dodgers were gonna have their pride night and they were going to do it with the sisters of perpetual indulgence and then somebody said i don't know man maybe we shouldn't do that and then there was pushback and so now it's on again so i think it's on again yeah so i'll walk kind of through the the timeline here so Uh, the Dodgers had invited this group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and we'll watch a clip of them in a second, and you'll see why there was outrage. But So they invited them to their Pride Night event. There was big outcry, you know, uh, backlash on it, and then they made this statement from the Dodgers organization. In the spirit of unity, the Los Angeles Dodgers are proud to host our 10th annual LGBT Pride Night on June 16th. This event has become a meaningful tradition, highlighting not only the diversity and resilience, blah, 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 blah. This year, as part of a, as part of a full night of programming, we invited a number of groups to join us. We are now aware that our inclusion of one group in particular, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, in this year's Pride Night has been the source of some controversy. Given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion in our evening and in an effort not to distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are declining or we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. So they invited the group, there was backlash, they disinvited the group, and then there was more backlash from the LGBT people, and then the Dodgers just a couple days ago rescinded their 
disinvite and uh, apologized and reinvited the group. And that's this is what that says. Now you can see it's even more gay with the colors. The Dodgers <laughs> logo and rainbow. They have the progress pride flag in the background, oh the gay God. logo. And this is the new statement. After much thoughtful <laughs> feedback from our, from our diverse communities, honest conversations with the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and their families and friends. We have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night on June 16th. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work that they have done tirelessly for decades. Mm. Life-saving work. That's a, a, a uh, quote worth focusing on. In the weeks ahead, we will continue to work with our LGBTQ plus partners to better educate ourselves, find ways to strengthen the ties that bind us, and use our platform to support all of our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family. Okay, so think about this. You're taking your kids to the ballpark to bond over baseball, which is something completely American. And do you have a clip of these? Because it's men, right? Men dressed up as nuns. Yeah, it's it's men in drag basically mocking Christianity to like a ridiculously degenerate level. Well, that's okay. Catholics are fair game. I'm one. So, you know, we're fair game. So here's, here's a clip of one of their performances. Oh, making fun of Jesus on the cross. You got to love that. Right? Is that what that is? Yeah, there's a dude in heels and like a bikini, I guess. Oh my god. And they have a guy strapped up on the cross and now he's like on top of him shaking his junk and Well I saw I saw them in habits too. Do we have that? Oh there they are off to the side. In habits. Yeah. Uh, and and just to, to reiterate, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like you to know that this is life saving work that they're doing. Mm. Life saving work is how they phrase it. Well, we're recording this on my way to Washington, D.C. to celebrate Memorial Day, going to places like the Vietnam Veterans Wall and Arlington, uh, the White House, the Capitol, um, the Holocaust Museum. So I'm just going to put it this way, you know. Um, We're coming up on June, and that's Pride Month, and I know that uh, His Honor, the Pharaoh, will fly the rainbow flag over City Hall. Um, We have Pride at Dale Carter's America, and you can see it behind me. The American flag. That's what we have pride in. We're proud to be American. And um, that's how I'm going to leave you as we head to Washington, D.C. And uh, again, some of these issues may be resolved by the time this podcast airs. And we'll be back with another episode next time. Until then, with pride in America, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.